True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. Now, you're out there, you have acres and acres, hundreds of acres. All you have to do is water <laughs> okay. and mow, and they'll do the rest. Nope. Weed control, which you hate, fertilization, mm -hmm. aer aeration. Can't stand it. Among others. They'll do all that. So you can do literally anything else. Dana's out there like Yellowstone. You have better things to do in your free time. I know you do. You don't want to focus on lawn care. True green is too good to be true, mm -hmm. is what I'm saying. But it is true. Right, David? Because yeah. you're going to have more time to do yeah, things that you want to focus on. All the hard work and it gets yeah. you to a great lawn. That's what you want. You take care of everything else you got to do in your life. You're very busy. Let True Green take care of this one thing. Get it off your plate. You know what? I do have some space. I want to put some grass down. Some I, I might. This, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll call you later, talk, True Green. Talk to True Green. <laughs> Where can listeners mm -hmm. purchase or learn more? You go to TrueGreen.com. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people, guaranteed. You can trust True Green to give you the best lawn because they are the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. Whoa. They offer a satisfaction guaranteed, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. That is such a cool thing. Good job, True Green. You're nailing it. So, David, I, I hosted um, Jimmy Kimmel. James Kimmel. And you James did a Edward great Kimmel, job. who was also a state senator from Louisiana. You did two nights. Great two nights. stuff. Uh, Thank you. You had Quentin uh, Tarantino, among that others. That was a thrill. I so loved being able to specifically compliment someone who I really admire his work tremendously. And to see him laugh when I was quoting lines from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I've seen 11 times fun, yeah. over a period of time. Don't think I'm weird. He just laughed so hard. That He's great. great. You know, he did, um, we should have him on because he did S. Wait, you, we should have him on. Say again. We should have him on. That's a good plan. Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt. We should have him on, Quentin, because he did, uh, oh, he wasn't there, but we did John Travolta and we did Quentin Tarantino's Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> that was a great sketch. I would love to have been there when he was there, but yeah. he uh, he was such a, such a kick and so much fun, and uh, I love making him laugh. And the next night you had Spade, and we had a blast. And um, you came out and dismantled <laughs> with your uh, what? What was the guy? The driver was eating the limo driver. Cheetos. Cheetos chunk was hysterical, and then uh, something about mosquitoes. I'll try to find that chunk and I'll put it up on Instagram or something. Uh, mosquitoes. Uh, we did talk about the the Burger King guy getting gifts uh, at his 27 years of Burger King. Yeah. And then I was going to tell you that when I left SNL after six years, um, Lauren gave me a gift bag. He gave me- uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, I didn't get one. Yeah, he gave me- David, please. Peanut M&Ms. Um, okay. A ticket to Cats. <laughs> Actually, it was just a cat. <laughs> it was just cat. It was one ticket and it was a different play. It was not great. It wasn't even cats. No, it was <laughs> that cat. was like a little practical. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it was one ticket because mm. they gave the Burger King guy one ticket to a movie. He's got one ticket to right. So yeah, Lauren gave me that in a slinky. Anyway, it was so great. I was I did appreciative. I did Trump and Biden, which Trump was Biden. maybe a brave, stupid, or or fun, whatever you want to <laughs> yeah. think in our great. current cultural climate. But uh, my aim was to entertain and. Uh, Inside baseball, I didn't have my glasses, and I squint as Biden, and the prompter was way back. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, I'm fucked. 
were taping. I could barely see it. It was live. The, yeah, then I'd open my eyes and like that. And, but you, you know a goofy what? wig. I did, look, I did the best I could. I want to tell you the Cheeto bit was some wonderful. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> fantastic. Trump is fantastic. You're fantastic. And Biden, you know, the thing is, I did the whisper. We're, we're going to do whisper fly was a crusher. on the wall. Because we know how to do fly yeah. on the wall. So that that was fun. And the uh, staff was incredible, and the writers and producers. Great, great people there at Mr. Kimmel's show. And now here's our regular intro to Ellen that's still not Ellen yet. Ellen Cleghorn, Dana. Ellen, Ellen Cleghorn, Cleghorn was on with me and with you. Yes, and she was a powerhouse from the beginning. She had uh, just a great presence. She had her bandmates at the time, Melanie Hutzel and... Uh, Beth, Beth Kale, Kale and others. And, and oh, they all sort of came in together. Siobhan. Right? Siobhan Fallon. Yes. Great. And Ellen was part of that that team. And she, she has a lot of firsts in her career. As a person, she's charming, uh, funny. She is smart. She went, She's a teacher right now. Ellen uh, Cleghorn has a PhD uh, in theater arts from Tisch University. So I don't think- My friend has a PhD, pussyhound disease. <laughs> Hey, we compare that with Jack Off in the Box. <laughs> hey, we, got, to, we got to keep the younger viewers here. They're starting to snooze. Welcome to Flies After Dark. Yeah. Glowing. No, Ellen is uh, smart and is good and sketchy. She did Zareda. She had a daughter on the show who was five, and now she's a... Uh, we can't say. It'll be on. So, we'll find out soon. Her daughter would come around super cute. We put her in a lot of sketches, mm -hmm. and uh, Ellen is uh, just a powerhouse. Just a big, big, big personality. Here she is, guys. Here she is, the adorable Ellen, Ellen Clayhorn. Oh my gosh, Dana! Look who forgot. Look at that mask. I'm <laughs> naked. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> a super spreader. Ellen is. Where are you? Where are you? I She's know those eyes. That's Ellen. She's stopping. She goes. Do I need a volume or a audio on this uh, podcast? As long as we can see you, we can see you, Ellen. I'm we can't hear sign you. Sign language. <laughs> Let's just air this. It's I can't. Funny. The video too. <laughs> we can't hear you, Ellen. Ellen. You're frozen, and we can't hear you. It's funny. We hear choppy stuff. My up, two. Like, my album. two sons. Are into, are into hip hop and rap heavily compared to me being from the 60s. So they've introduced me to it. And we play around with beats and do rhymes and, you know, catchphrases. <laughs> Dana, do you want to hear? I'm going to sing a rap song. Okay. Ready? My name's Lamont and I was born in January. I'm a Capricorn. God, Ellen will know this one if she unfreezes. I got one. I ordered one called She's You laughing. Got a Problem With This, and it's just a big beat. You got a problem with this, and it just repeats. You got a problem with this? <laughs> that would yeah. work mm -hmm. in a dance club like, if I'm on Molly. Really, when I when I hear it in the gym, and it's big beats and, and repetitive phrasing, it's it feels like comedy in a way. You know? That might be from uh, Rapper's Delight. I've talked about that before. Snoop Dogg was the first one that got me hooked on it. My name's Vermont, and I was born on a uh, jam farm in Snoop. Vermont. Yeah, give, give me a word, I'll rhyme it. Dude, I saw Snoop on the dumbest ad, schnizzle. It's just like some corny, dopey ad on the side of a bus. I'm like, Snoop, please turn something down. Alan, that was the funnest beginning we've had, actually. Yeah, we're not a professional outfit, so don't worry. 
But when you guys get really high tech and stuff, then you have to have me back. <laughs> yeah, well, we are high tech. Hey, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was thirteen ninety five to get the good setup, and the uh, cadence decided to spend nine ninety five, and you pay for what you get. You know. So, do you have any, que- yeah, any questions? Up to my cable. <laughs> <laughs> or should we start? Okay, Ellen. We have one. We have time for one final question for Ellen. Um, <laughs> we. This has been Ellen. <laughs> Now, Ellen, let's start by saying I was an angel at the beginning when you were there, and then we'll go from there. You were an angel. You know, that's nice to hear because that place is so tough. It's hard to not be nice to everyone, but you're usually just walking down the hallway thinking. You're like thinking of a sketch, thinking of why I'm not on, thinking of why my sketch bombed, thinking of uh, if Farley's going to eat my lunch. You know, there's a million things going <laughs> through your head. So the answer to hard. that is yes. <laughs> the answer is always yes. And it's just hard to, uh, you know, well, you tell your side of it. I mean, you're there and you're, you're there on one of the times we had a lot of cast members and a lot of people on a mouse to feed. Mm-hmm. Well, you were very savvy anyway. So I don't oh. think you would have ever done anything out uh, untowards or whatever. You're always such a forward thinking man when I look back. And you now you always you introduced me to the phrase a friend of the show. <laughs> <laughs> we still say that. Lauren would go, Geraldo is a friend of the show. There's a friend of the show, and then the terrorizing for the cast member, still with the show. Sti- still with the <laughs> I show. I've never heard that before. You never got still still with the show. Yeah, Lauren, that was one of Lauren's nope. favorites. I found it funny, but he's a friend of the show. <laughs> you, you know, Alan, one time when uh, I think, I don't know what years you were there. Uh, I was there. 90, 90 to 94, something like that. Okay, we- so uh, overlapped a lot, but in the summers, we would call to see if we're getting picked up. And he go, hmm. I just, I don't know if Dave was ever around. And I'm like, this is just... <laughs> This is the one thing my manager hears once a year review, and that's the one thing. And it's like, you got to go, Lauren, you got to be careful what you say, because that's it for a year. He's like, are you ever going to be there? I go, that's all I am is here all the time. What is, it's just it's just like a thing to get me off my ass. I don't know, but it really like would stress me out to hear that. You had so much more contact with him than than I did. As everybody makes these, I said, I never even, I didn't know what his voice sounded like. <laughs> Do you know this is a good impression or not? <laughs> I, I couldn't tell you. I, said, I don't know who he's doing. I guess it's Lauren. Right. How did you, what happened with Lauren? When you got, when you got hired, that's when you talked to Lauren and then that was kind of it for the run? I didn't speak to him when I got hired. Oh, you didn't speak? I, I, the only person I spoke to was um, Al Franken. Oh, Al really? Al Franken. Yeah, I would go to Al Franken's office. And then and I went in the, turn, the Turner's office. Oh, once. Bonnie and Terry Turner. Bonnie and Terry okay. Turner. That was it. Were yeah. they the head writers by any chance, Dana? Or no, they were them? just really pivotal. They were, they were in a lot writers. of quadrants. They do all kinds of styles, and they helped me a lot. Church Yeah, they were great. And other things. So, Ellen, they kind of like gave you the ropes or whatever? No, they gave me no, no ropes. They just looked at me. They just came, <laughs> come in here. So, so I saw your tape. And then they just stare at you. And I'm like, okay. And I guess they were sizing me up to see what could I do. And Al Franken, um, all he did was ask me one time, he asked me if I could belch. And I was like, no. <laughs> and he was through with me. And I was like, wait, was what? Me. <laughs> Literally? Hey, uh, can you belch? <laughs> and you, <laughs> that was it? And then he, then he scratched out nine sketches. Uh. <laughs> As I didn't, because, you know, I, I grew up in the time when you ladies don't belch. Well, I hope there's still a time like that. She's like, she said, don't you dare, don't you dare belch. So I always was afraid. I admired people who could actually belch on cue. 
Oh, I can. I had such a low. I I really admire people like that. I can, and maybe that's why I got the show. I couldn't do it. I could. Could you guys do a spit take? I mean, spit take was kind of like with a belch. It's like an easy laugh. There's an art to the spit take, but I don't think I ever did one on this show. (laughs) (laughs) You know. I like a spit take when I see people do that. If it's if it takes you by surprise, you know. You know, a good spit take you don't see a lot anymore because I think they ran through them. But if you see them now, it's kind of funny because. And it can't be a planned one. I mean, it can't be look planned. Oh, that's the worst. Mm-hmm. So, Ellen, you got you did you were doing stand up right at the beginning, Ellen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it from doing stand up because I used to be in the clubs all the time. And I think a lot of people that I used to do stand up with got hired. Which uh, which ones? Can you remember their names? <laughs> maybe we ran into. Them. Well, look, maybe you know him. His name is Chris Rock. Uh, well, wait a minute, Chris. Let me write that what down. Is up. <laughs> Chris, where where has he been? I mean, what happened to Chris Rock? <laughs> Barack Obama. Mm-mm. Our president, Barack Obama. I go, Rock, you say everything twice in your act. I told him when I was teaching my kids how to do stand-up for the clarity of the setup. You know, I said, let's look at Chris Rock because he was really good He's at- Very articulate. Hits he nails premise, the subject. Does yep. comedy, hits it again, and it's just like really easy on your brain so you can enjoy it. He obviously became a master of the craft. Um, Masterful. Yep. So, Ellen, doing clubs back then, were you doing like Catch Rising Star or those kind of- Those are the ones I kind yeah. of knew, but I didn't know like the underground ones. I just knew like a few. I never, I never really went on when I was there. But I've se- I saw you actually at Catch a Rising Star. <laughs> oh, good. So you okay, did yeah. go on there, David. <laughs> well, that's the only one I knew, and I think that's when I auditioned at. And then, uh, so that's the only one I could call and say, "Can I come down?" If it was now and then to do a set, because I didn't really know the drill. I saw you there, and you used to do this um, bit about um, scoliosis. <laughs> Oh, I think I like girls, a little archback, a little scoliosis happening. Yeah. That's, oh a, that's a funny word. It is. That Sounds was the funny. first time I had ever even heard of scoliosis. <laughs> I was like, this is great. This 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 comedy is educational. Oh, my God. And, uh, it's more I shocking to, I that I still do the joke. No. Um, but, I, uh, I, you know, Ellen is funny. I was just telling Dana I taped a special, and I don't do that many specials, uh no one's asking and beating down my door, but I did one and I was telling Dana that I did a joke that was offensive. You know, I sort of did it on purpose the second show. Cause I felt like, okay, I sort of got all my jokes. And before I got off stage, I did one. I was telling Dana, it was kind of funny. Cause then I sort of yelled at the audience for not liking it just to be stupid. But here's a joke, Ellen, you tell me if it's, if it's, you see why they didn't like it. So I say, I went to Las Vegas for a show or whatever. And then, Look at blurry setup, unlike Chris Rock. I went to Las Vegas for whatever. And um, in the newspaper, it said that day, it was the anniversary of the Las Vegas shootings, uh, which we all had heard about. And it said, today is the anniversary of the October 1st shootings. And I asked the guy there, I go, isn't this the Las Vegas shootings? And he goes, yeah, they changed it. They got a brand expert because the Las Vegas shootings sounded too much like everyone was getting shot in Las Vegas. And I go, well, yeah, that's what happened. And he goes, yeah, but October 1st hits the ear better. And I go, oh, they hired the same people that did the um, Oklahoma City situation. <laughs> and the, uh, kerfuff, the kerfuffle at Columbine. <laughs> I didn't even get to... I didn't even get to the Sandy Hook snafu, and they had already given up on me. Oh my gosh! They got it. They get. They give up during the premise. Columbine is called schools Columbine. out. Yeah, go ahead. Columbine was 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 where this woman was just staring me in the front row, and I go, uh, 
too much? And she goes, yeah. And I go, yeah. I go, you know what Netflix likes is when you try stuff on your special. You don't tell them, and it could be some legal problems, and you do it anyway. And so uh, they like that. They like undercooked, half-assed shit that can't offend the crowd. Mm. Anyway, I'm going to wrap things up. And then I did like... <laughs> um, David's nickname is Showstopper. So what I we're going to go... It was such a showstopper. No. Go ahead. No, no, I was no, just saying... No, 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 I, I think that it could... I really think that it could work because it, it, it everybody's so um, sensitive right now. So they have to... You can't say what it was. You have to make it sound palatable. And that's what they're doing. They're really, making these horrible yeah. things sound like they're not fun, but they're just like, okay, you know. It's it softening. Wasn't that bad. Yeah. yeah, they're showing an old Dana Carvey um, commercial uh, on the on the gram or Twitter or wherever. Oh, some, you did a commercial with I think it was Pepsi Cola or something. Oh, oh, yeah. you're, you're you're shuffling cards or is it Lay's potato chips? Or something? Yeah, you're shuffling yeah. cards. Yes, at a casino. God, I can't what? believe that's around still. I think that was twenty years ago. I got over my, uh, you know, allergic reaction to doing commercials. <laughs> I turned down a lot of commercials trying to be Bob Dylan or something in the 90s. But then by the knots, I'm like, wait a minute. This is crazy. So I did do yeah, one. Yeah, you got to take it while you can, man. Shit. I mean, most, I got, I got, yeah. When I was with Ellen, uh, those years, actually, Dana, you were there too for this. But I, Ellen, I got offered a um, commercial during SNL when I wasn't even doing that good. And um, I wasn't allowed to do it. And I was just so bummed that I finally would have had a little chunk of money. It wasn't crazy, but I was like, God dang, I'm not allowed to because, you know, NBC decides. Mm. Did we ever talk about how much money we were making on the show? No, what not, we, what, not we, today. We <laughs> what did you, I'll tell you what I started at, 4,500 an episode. So you keep about 2,000 a, a week, I guess, or for the 80,000 for the season, I think. Gross. Okay, I'll go. I started at nine hundred a week to write, and I got a fifteen hundred dollar bump if I got on. I'll tell you how much I started at. Okay, two hundred and forty five dollars an episode. No, what? Nothing extra. Nothing extra if I got anything on, and nothing for writing. Wow. When Wait I left a minute. there, when I when I left there after almost five years, I was making forty five hundred dollars an episode. Nothing for writing, and that's it. And no bumps or nothing. D oh my yeah, God. Is that, I, I, and that's it. Did an agent put that together? Do you have an agent back then or no? Yeah, I did. I mean, you sort of. It's sort of take it or leave it. I'm sure, but uh, exactly, exactly. Boy, I did. I just thought there was some union thing. Would I've never, I've never said it before. No, you would think there was some union. Would thing. At least give and you. I said, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would ask the union, and that what they said. Well, that's union. Um, that's union minimum wage, and you only work one day a week. So, what is the problem? <laughs> Good That's Lord, really Alan. True. Damn it. <laughs> God damn it. I'm fucking pissed. Now, what about Melanie Hutzel? What was she getting? Like 20 grand she was a week? getting 30 grand, Hutzel yeah. Hutzel don't go down for anybody, man. She was loading it up, driving a Bentley to work. Uh, Melanie needs more money than Ellen. Now, what was my, what was Melanie Hutzel getting? Your peers at the time were coming. Did you ask anyone? No, I never did. I didn't ask anyone either. How, I, where I was did you live? Scared. How did you survive on that? You just, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, no, what, what helped that was that I was doing stand-up. So the week, the weeks that were, um, right. we were off or whatever, then I would go do stand-up on the road. And I could make like, wow. not that much, but at least but a couple more. of thousand dollars. It, it's very rare that the stand-up is more than the uh, work check. 
Well, in this case, it was. I know. I'm oh, saying definitely. that's a very odd uh, yeah. situation because I would. I yeah. got to the point where I could make some on the weekends if I went to a you know a college or something. But uh, you know the, the the joke of it's one day a week work is we all know is a joke because it's yeah. 24 hours a day on your mind even on the weekend Thank when you're doing you. laundry yeah Thank it's hard. yeah there's there's like but no yeah. job harder i mean in the in the real world of like showbiz i mean there's jobs harder but uh in our little world it's it's just a constant stress and uh wow well i, I that's uh that's tough to hear i don't know i mean and you were doing as much as anyone. When you were getting reoccurring characters, and you know, Queen Shanifa, whatever their name is, Shanifa. and you were kicking it on the show like that. I mean, obviously they started to bump you, but it just still never went to anything that was reasonable at all. No, they, they didn't bump. I got, wait, one week I got, one season, the whole season, I got like $200 a, a, a <laughs> week. Two, two, 200 and change, so it came out to be like... <laughs> I, I just can't <laughs> do it like Saturday Night Live. Even, even the next one, Uncle Sam the next said, one we're not going like to bother. Exactly. The next one was like 400 and something dollars a week. The second year. Per show. The third year yeah. was like, yeah, per show. Then it was uh, per show, not week per week, right? And then um, the next one was like $750 a week or something mm -hmm. like that. And then finally, it bumped up to 4000 To like a legitimate number, like wow. a decent number, which isn't even crazy. It isn't even a crazy high number for... I, sure I believe, unless I got it wrong, that it was 4500 for the, for the whole cast, because we didn't have a big cast. So it was Phil and Jan and I and whoever was coming in. I believe it was everyone was getting the same, uh, as far as I remember. Maybe Lovitz... And Nora Dunn had a little more because it was their second season. But, you know, we all have a different situation, Dana, because I think Ellen is brought in as a maybe a feature player and not even a writer, even though she wrote. Obviously, I was brought in as a writer feature player that they wanted me to write, not really be on. So it's kind of the opposite. And you, I think, were just brought in as a cast member, but they didn't give you writing credit, even though I'm sure you wrote. No, no, but one, you weren't no looking one, for a writing. No credit. one got a writing credit. You couldn't get one. But right. we all, it was just, it's not what we do here. <laughs> you know, so you get used to it, but it was yeah, a little back funny. Then, I would imagine. I, I didn't want a writing credit. I'd rather be a performer, but. Yeah, everybody's writing, I think. You know, the only one who made a joke out of it, you two could talk that, was Chris Farley would always say, I can't think of anything, you know, but he was a brilliant performer, but that's what he said. But almost everyone was writing to some degree. You know? But Ellen, I'm sure to stay alive, you had to write. You weren't getting thrown in oh, everything. Yeah. No. No, but you guys hooked me up, though. Be honest. No, we would try. Every time I turn around, you were, and not just me, but me and my daughter. Every time I turn around, she was in a sketch. I, was like, <laughs> <laughs> I think she was five, and now she's probably like seven or something. She's an oral surgeon. What? Really? And she's Damn. 11? I swear for God. How old That's is she amazing. now? So you're a doctorate, and she's an oral surgeon. Huh. Can you imagine? I, I can. I, I have children. Yeah, it's you guys uh, are. <laughs> no, I can't really, but that's terrific. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's great. Um, good Lord. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah. When I think of Dana. Now, I didn't know Dana from nobody. So um, I grew up in the project. So I have my girlfriends and they start <laughs> singing this thing that you used to do about broccoli. Oh, uh, chopping broccoli. Chopping, chopping broccoli. Yeah. Chop a broccoli, <laughs> and I'm like, "What are y'all seeing?" We would just be dying laughing. They said, "You got to see this guy; it's hysterical." And so we would tune into um, SNL, and hopefully it came on. So luckily, the day came on, and love. We, I mean, you used to have us all dying laughing in Brooklyn yeah. with that oh, chopping broccoli business, it. and then we would just mock you—not mock you, or mimic you. We would do 
chopping broccoli when, whenever, whenever we would just have a moment alone or just, just start acting ridiculous. We'd be at a piano or something. Pretend something nice. was a piano and we were just talking about chopping broccoli. Chop and broccoli. That's how you came into my life. And and then, and then, so when I met you, I was like, oh my God, it's the chopping broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> that is so flattering. I, I, I honestly, I love madness and silliness and catchphrases. And I love that they, uh, people sharing them. I, I, I thought it was silly and stupid, but it really, it even with me, it goes through my head when I actually chop broccoli. So I'm like, I chop broccoli. So I don't know. There was a sportscaster when a guy hit a home run. He was on ESPN. He go, and he is chopping broccoli. So it's fun, <laughs> but that's cool. Thank you, Alan. It just it, it it kind of frees you up to know that anything could be funny. Not you know, and you could just like go for it. Just go for it. That hits. It's a good way to put it. Yeah, I I think it's like verbal physical comedy in a way. In other words, when someone's laying out a riff like that, then you have permission as an audience member. You know, you don't have to really listen anymore. The guy's just going to say chop broccoli (laughs) over and over again. So you can laugh as hard as you want with Dennis Miller or something. You know, it's a very intricate kind of thing going on. So you really need to listen. With that, yeah, you have to hear every word. Go crazy. And Chris Farley with his physical comedy, you just like you know. Looking to save on delivery? DashPass from DoorDash is your door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. DashPass is an exclusive membership with DoorDash that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders and members-only deals and discounts. Whether it's food from your favorite restaurants, grocery from across town, or anything in between, DashPass is the most affordable way to get everything you need delivered right to your door. With $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders, DashPass makes it easy to save at restaurants, grocery stores, and all your local favorites on DoorDash. DashPass pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less with DashPass. $0 delivery fees and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change. Terms apply. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> do you remember? Uh, uh, remember that time? Uh, uh, no, so Dana, when you were you in Massive broccoli. Headland Harry? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. That were was you crazy. I never saw anything like that in my life. I was dazed. I was stunned and amazed. Uh, nothing I did. I was in that sketch. Oh, you were I remember. In it, yeah. There was like 95 people in that sketch, right? Yeah, I think we had a full cast. Kind of at yeah. that punch bowl in that little scene. And I assume our audience knows the character, but I, I didn't write it, but I was wearing a prosthetic thing that looked like I had a massive head wound. And I went to a party and <laughs> mayhem, mayhem <laughs> ensued and, and a dog got hungry. So That's funny. all you need to know. Google it. <laughs> That was a sketch that like was everyone's laughing at read through it my head. It made absolutely no sense. I was like, what the hell? It made no sense. Yeah. Was it well, Jack they, Handy? You know, there's or nothing like it? dogs and children, I guess, and they put too much uh baby food on the prosthesis between dress and air. So in the air show, the dog, because I take a nap as Massive Heaven and Harry, and the dog comes up and wants to eat my head. But the dog wouldn't let go. The dog went crazy. I mean, <laughs> and tried to rip the prosthesis off, but I held it on yeah. barely. But that, that was an example of the audience. It was like an I Love Lucy moment, if, if I could. Yeah, as a, you were kind of trying not to laugh. We were all mayhem. watching it laughing. N- nothing to do with me, really. It was just, I was, yeah, when she's at the, when she's at the, um, the uh, 
the thing with the chocolate going doing, around doing the and chocolate around and around. thing yeah and anytime that she's doing just physical comedy you can just hear the audience ways and ways of laughter but anyway so ellen hey, dana yes. i didn't ask you i was on mute i muted because there's a garbage truck outside going, oh meet me but i forgot i was on mute and i was asking you a bunch of questions uh i'm gonna go back about a half hour were you um <laughs> uh was was chopping broccoli in your snl audition yes oh so it was all the way back there. That was such a good one. Because I remember Chopping Broccoli, one of the first things about you that I just thought it hit my ear. It was like, it was so clever and weird. And then you were going, Chopping Broccoli. Chop, she chop, she chop. Chop, And I was like, what is this fool chop, doing? Chop, chop, I chop, it was chop, so funny. Chopping Broccoli. Yeah, I, sometimes I'll do it for 10 minutes. I'm doing stand-up. You should have done it with Paul McCartney when he came on. That would have been fun. You should make him do it. Uh, you know, it's very, you know, it's humorous because, you know, <laughs> why is he singing about a vegetable over and over again? It's not, you know, I did let it be, you know, it's about letting go and this and that, but there's nothing really about a vegetable chopping it all the time, but I guess that's what the Americans find funny, you know. It's like, I'm chopping a doobie 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 doo, a broccoli, a doobie 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 doo, you know. <laughs> he set me up. So, Alan, uh, let's, how, like, do you want to talk about your, your hit characters or the ones that, there, there are two that really stood out as far as reoccurring. There was a page desk. Is this, mm-hmm. is this what was it? Yes, Raider. I love. I miss the Raider. I miss the Raider so much. She and I guess I'm supposed to do it here. Uh, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. It's politically correct to do it here, only oh. because I really do speak Spanish, and um, I it's not like uh, um. I, I, I don't know. I, I you know. Oh, I, I didn't think well, about we, that part. We can I, I cut about it, that, but that's we can not. cut anything. So go for it. But I just love that you you said you miss the character. I relate to that. Sometimes I'll just do characters or voices driving around or I'm by myself because I want to revisit the character. You know. Oh gosh, I, I, I miss Serena so much. She had so many problems. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you'd always get like the host or someone involved right? yeah the, yeah the host got involved and uh, i mean when i first time i did it was with michael jordan wow Whoa. And, um, and that was like major and and he was like he thought that was i was being ridiculous but i was i and i promised that i would sue him and he thought that was hysterical <laughs> but the thing is is that and and i said what makes you think i won't cut you and because that is that <laughs> that really did happen to me. Hysterical. I was on the train and this girl did ask me, what makes you think I won't cut you? <laughs> like, it's that kind of a tough question. <laughs> is that a rhetorical question? Yeah. No. <laughs> but that's a classic comedian's move is that you heard that in a real situation. And it is really mm-hmm. funny because it's what not I'm going to cut you. What makes you think I won't cut you? <laughs> Yeah. That is really funny. And for you to take That's a that good, and crazy use person. it, it was kind of one of her. She always said that at some point or no? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, she did. What That's makes you phrase. think I won't cut you? That's really, <laughs> that's really funny. And she did it with a Spanish. What makes you think I won't cut you? Is it like? <laughs> but it's it's not just Spanish. It's it's really Puerto Rican okay. with a little Dominican. It's like this, you know, like it's very nasally, mm-hmm. and you like gotta put it in that like that. Yeah, and it's very emphatic. No, oh, yeah. What makes you think I won't cut you? You know, it's number one. What did Michael Jordan and, say to that? He just laughed. <laughs> he just looked at me. He just laughed. <laughs> and then I said, Oh, you I said, don't touch me. Don't don't hit me. I'll sue you, you know. And he was like, Okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> did you have to do that a read through with him? 
Yeah, that was great. How uh, yeah, fun. it did. How and fun. What so a memory. Kind. You and Michael so Jordan. Kind. I mean, I mean he God. was, yeah, but that, that's it. That, just hitting me funny now the idea of a host just strolling around on 8h and <laughs> then and then this page just starting to talk to him and threatening to cut him <laughs> and don't think and sue him you know it's just no wonder it just it, how many times do you think you did that oh maybe six or eight six times yeah eight, it was on right. Good. i did it i did it quite a few times mm. but i think it kind of bothered um the one i really wanted to do with was john malkovich but it didn't get on oh and, yeah um yeah malkovich. the thing that I, but uh, I, I think it kind of bothered the people who were writers, you know. Right, because like if I went to if I went to if I went to Harvard to write <laughs> comedy, this little scrappy Negro from the projects <laughs> is over here getting shit on air. You know, I would be extremely upset. And I and I they were they used to really get they used to tease me and really they weren't very nice to me. But um, well, that's Harvard. <laughs> yeah, listen, <laughs> no, look. it's boys. It's boys. You know, boys are very different. When you compete with boys and they don't win, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um. So I think it was part of that. And but but that was in the past, you know. And you just gotta let it go and move on. Yeah, we talked to Conan about that. Like he felt weird. He was that had that moniker, like he's from Harvard, and I went to community college, so I felt weird. Like they would think I'm stupid, and uh, you know, I think everyone felt a little different about their upbringing, getting on the show, and how they got there, and how they would be perceived. But you know, if you write a sketch like that, and you got Michael Jordan, it gets laughs at read through. It's like tough shit. It's getting on. What makes you think I won't cut you? Like you, you could go to Yale or Harvard or Dartmouth for a long time, but not come up, come up with that and use it in that right. context. So yeah, I, I felt the same intimidation. I went to San Francisco State. It was barely a college. <laughs> Sorry, San Francisco State. And I went <laughs> and I went to community college. Um, and then I get the SNL. It's just a lot of Ivy League young men, you know, with dress shoes and tucked in shirts <laughs> and jeans and short kind of waspy haircuts. So, yeah, I, I got it. But, yeah. But, um, so, anyway, <laughs> continue. Now, Ellen, did you go to the 40th? You were at the 40th, right? Yes, I was. And I think I was in it. Was it the last one? Yeah. 20 yeah, that was the last big one. 15? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I did. I, I did. A, um, I did. I did. Uh, Bluetooth connecting. Hang on, I got to put my money in the payphone. Bluetooth Go connecting. Ahead. No, I'm, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I had, uh, I have all these things. I, None of them are on. working. Yeah, I do. I'm sorry. Okay. I um, I teach this class. I'm teaching this class here. I'm at a. Actually, it's a, a school in Jersey City. I teach at um. I teach at the new school in Manhattan, but I also teach here in Jersey City. I mm-hmm. just um, started teaching here, and I'm really having a good time, huh? But but it's it doesn't have the money. It doesn't have the money that um it doesn't have the money the new school has. So I have to bring all my stuff. <laughs> so I have a Bluetooth speaker and. And what do you teach? Yeah. Well, in this one, teach? I teach acting. Mm-hmm. Ooh, cool. In this one, I'm teaching acting here at Jersey City, and then in, in um and I would and the way D- Dana talks about comedy, I want Dana to come and be a, a guest at my um class in the new school. I teach the theory of comedy, and um Dana really seems to Dana get has it. really deep Not thoughts about comedy. David. No, no, Dana's actually David really good at articulating. It. Writes amazing stuff, but I I I am fascinated by comedy and uh, 
in all in all ways and 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 the phraseology and the and it's such a you know it's like trying to catch the wind <laughs> you you never solve it completely you never master it it's always humbling what you think will kill and will not and so forth and so on but do you mind just for a second because it's kind of i've not met any run into any ex-cast member who got a doctorate a P, phd from tish school of the arts like what do you yeah, talk about how that arts, happened? I mean, when did you decide to go and how did that manifest for you? Well, I, um, okay, so I'm going to tell you in just a second. Uh, so I'm teaching at the new school and uh, so I have comedians come in and talk to the class, et cetera, comedians and producers, et cetera. So Mike Shoemaker came in. Mm -hmm. Shoemaker, uh, yeah. and producer. Yeah. Marcy Klein came in. Marcy. <laughs> and, um, and uh, Tim Meadows Timmy. came and talked to the, to the, nice. right. And so and I use recordings from different, like, like I use Chris Rock and I use different people's recordings anyway. Um, so many, like maybe in 2007 or 2006, mm -hmm. I was doing a radio show with Paul Mooney and I was writing for him mm. um, and in New York city. And, he just never came. Like, <laughs> like the, the show was from six in the morning to ten in the ten in the morning. So he would show up. To, you know how radio is. Yeah. You start at six. It starts at six. Yeah. Good morning, right. America. Blah, blah, blah. And he would show up maybe seven. <laughs> seven <laughs> Love Paul Mooney. And then he would have been out all night. And so he would sleep. Right. So I had signed a contract with them. So when they when they let him go, I couldn't get out of my contract. Otherwise, I wouldn't have to pay them all that money back. And I was like, that's not going to happen. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, mm. so he was mad that I stayed. And I was like, no, I can't. I got mm, it's not going to work. I'm sorry. We'll just have to be angry at one another. So yeah. I said, well, Ellen, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because this is going to keep coming up, you know, whatever. And I said, well, what would you really do if you could do anything? Because I had this chunk of money. I said, well, I would like to get a master's degree from someplace. So I applied to NYU. I said, something you've always wanted to do. And I said, okay. And plus, I was also, in, can I, if I can be really honest with you, I was tired of hearing people say, you know, I have a master's degree. You know, when I, when I got my master's degree, <laughs> and I was like so sick of hearing people say that. I had an undergrad degree, but, you know. Mm -hmm. I guess that wasn't enough. So I said, okay, I'll go back and do it. So I went and got it. I, I got into the school. I applied to Tisch mm -hmm. and um, I got in. And so then I took, uh, so then while I was there, this girl said to me, she said, whatever you do, don't stay, stick around for the PhD. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> Why not? She said, because they're going to, they're going to ask you to write something. You know, these white people always want to steal your writing. And I was like, really? Oh. <laughs> David and I have that problem too. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I want to read it so I can take it. <laughs> okay, well that's that's really practical so then advice. I said, I said, I, yes, yeah, so I said. As a matter of fact, so because she told me not to, I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna apply. So all I could say is no. So I apply, and comes to find out she had applied as well. So she was trying to thin the herd oh, so that wow. there wouldn't be any competition. You get it? Oh, yeah. no, I totally get and it. It's a like, sabotage. Subtle be, to be a friend. <laughs> yeah. She's taking you out of the competition. Good. Subtle touch. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So then I got in and I said, okay, well, let's see what happens. And they kept saying, what are you doing here? And I was like, well, what does one do here? <laughs> so it was that constant back and forth. So they weren't, you know, 
It's a very competitive business. Mm-hmm. It's more cutthroat than show business. No. And um, really, yeah, and people are not as yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah. Just competing with who's more who's smarter. Or, Why are that? Did they only give one at the end, yeah. or it, doesn't everybody get it? No, they they give they give they give out. Okay, so a hundred people will apply, and there's six slots, six oh, or eight okay. slots. There you go. Wow. Mm. And you got yeah. that's great. And the thing is, the thing is, they pay you. Oh. So it's like a salary ju- position to be a PhD candidate. Oh, got it. Hot. Okay. I mean, it's not a lot of money. It's not a lot of money so by what? any stretch of the imagination. Is it over two forty-five? <laughs> exactly. It's, <laughs> it's about it's about even. It's about the, the same. The SNL yeah. people Something called like them. Oh, she's really good at two forty-five. <laughs> it, it's sort of She'll a good, take two forty-five. It's a good number for Ellen. She does very well. I think two forty-five would be across the board. Rest of her life, great. She really shouldn't go for a PhD because my nephew wants to get. Would she be competitive? Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> so what? what, what so I, I love your laugh. I, I can't see. Yeah, it, she's but, got a good laugh. Uh, so it hurts. You really no, but when I hear Dana, Dana really hurts my stomach. But he, I don't it, know what that is. It's too silly really and makes funny. Me laugh hard. Well, thank you for oh you're so sweet. Would you like to learn a new language? We. Oui. <laughs> See what we? I did? Oh no, I said we like French. Oh, okay. We 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 we. I have ever since I've seen Pepe Le Pew and his way with women. I thought I want to learn a new language. You know what? I I do have a because uh, I'm a, I, I do voices and stuff. I do like yeah. the sound of of a French language. Yeah, you're good at faking a language. I just do gibberish, but I want to actually learn. And that's, Mm -hmm. I'm going to introduce you in the world to Rosetta Stone. It's the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. And it truly immerses you in the language you want to learn. Yes, I've heard about this and talked about it for a long time. It's the trusted expert for 30 years. They have millions of users, 25 languages offered. So I think that pretty much covers the globe. You've got yeah. your Spanish, your French, mm-hmm. you were just talking about, Korean, Dutch, Arabic. Fast language acquisition. It, 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 there's no English translations, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. That's the hard part, I think. That's it. And it's an intuitive process. You pick mm-hmm. up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. And it's all designed for long-term retention, which is great because I took Spanish for 12 years and all I know is how to find a library. Yes, Donde, I know. Donde está la biblioteca. So this one, really, really, you retain it. I learned German and I know hast du Zweister now abra. No, hast du Bruder now. Nine abra covers by Swester. That means, have, do you have a brother? No, I have, but I have three sisters. I took German for seven years, and all I remember is Gesundheit. <laughs> what does that mean? That means bless you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> someone sneezes. Gesundheit. Rosetta Stone, that's not going to happen. Another thing I love is they have a built-in true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. That's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Very important to being understood in a foreign country is to do it in kind of the rhythm of the way that language is speak. Right. You don't don't look like some clown. Desktop and (laughs) app 
options, audio companion, ability to download lessons offline. Mm-hmm. By the way, the lifetime membership has all 25 languages. For any and all trips and language needs in your life, mm-hmm. that's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. What are we waiting for? It's a steal. What is going on? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started for a very limited time. Fly in the Wall listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Oh, yeah. Visit rosettastone.com slash fly. That's 50. That's like the highest I've heard of. 50% mm-hmm. off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash fly today. Buying someone jewelry is usually a great experience all around. To get a beautiful gift, mm-hmm. you get the unforgettable moment of seeing the look on their face when they open it. The tricky part, Dana, as you know, yeah, figure, figuring out how to get the perfect piece at the best price. I hate to say it. Price yeah. matters. I mean, yeah. Yeah. that's why I recommend for any jewelry purchase, you source it from BlueNile.com. They've been with us for a while. Yeah. Blue Nile offers thousands of independently graded diamonds, David, and fine jewelry at prices significantly below traditional retail. They also offer peace of mind with every purchase. Some of their highest quality stand. They have some of the highest quality standards in the industry. Right. And David, whether you want to make a classic statement by gifting a white gold tennis bracelet mm-hmm. <laughs> to Sarah Sherman or, <laughs> or, or bring out, or bring out her eyes with sapphire and diamond hoop earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts can help you find the perfect gift. David? They're available 24-7 by phone or chat to answer technical questions like, should I make it a diamond cut or a circle? (laughs) Those are the technical questions. (laughs) I know. Uh, Oval. They fit your budget. They'll make sure what you want, they can fit in your budget. Yes, it's very difficult to buy jewelry for someone because, um, you know, it's it's a subjective thing. And the, you'll be guided with the, this company's going to help you make the right choice. You right. give them a little information and they'll go, Sapphire. It's hard to roll down to your local strip mall and go, yeah, we're a jewelry store and we sell trucker hats. It's like, that's yeah. not what you want. Or sometimes they have a small jewelry kiosk inside a Denny's restaurant and it's like <laughs> they're flipping hot cakes and I'm trying to find my loved ones. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. You can feel great about your purchase because Blue Nile also offers a diamond price match guarantee. Oh, that's nice. So you can't lose. No, mm-hmm. just in case you got 30 day returns mm-hmm. shop blue nile today and experience the ease and convenience of the original online jeweler go to bluenile.com today that's bluenile.com alan what was your <laughs> what was your doctoral thesis on it was on um african-american uh humor in social context what wow. what is there to so, say about that from, from the civil rights <laughs> yeah. from the from the civil rights era to the um Barack Obama. So was it uh, nine thousand so. pages? <laughs> it was about four hundred pages, mm-hmm. three to four hundred pages. Yeah. I kind oh of feel God. like, and I don't know if it's fair or not, but it feels like there's like a heavyweight crown for who's the best stand-up in the world at any given time. And I, I think you could say like Carlin to Pryor to Steve Martin to Robin Williams, and then I'm not really sure where you went from there, but I know at one point Chris Rock was. The champion and that Chris Rock. Chris Rock stands the test of time. Yeah, 
his his stand up and I and I mean I say this because I I've been studying it. I'm not saying that because I know him or whatever, but his when I play it for the kids, they get it. It it hits it hits hard all the time. And so I say, you know, that really works. You know, I, I he went on the other night. I was at the comedy store. He came in and went on. Very it it's still, you know, he's working on new stuff and it's just as good. You just sit there and go, wow, he put that together nicely. Like he still knows what he's doing. He's still sharp. It's just exactly what you would think. Which, which even it, Kevin Hart went on. I'd never seen Kevin Hart go on, and he did a great job. They, everyone did a set. You know, it's kind of fun. Does uh, Alan going back to Doctor Doctor Cleghorn for a second? Uh, <laughs> I always thought Aging Chris Dr. was really Cleghorn. great at the elephant in the room or summing up a social trend with a with a phrase and then working that idea for a long, long time. He seemed to be very, very good about I remember during the Clarence Thomas hearings um, with Anita Hill and all that stuff. And mm-hmm, then he did mm-hmm, a thing mm-hmm. about no woman ever accuses Denzel Washington of harassment <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but he did it in the Chris Rock way. And it was just a funny observation. You know what I mean? You'll <laughs> never find a woman. <laughs> that Denzel won't leave me alone. <laughs> you know, someone do something. <laughs> well, I had the opportunity to meet Denzel, and I, I went. I went to see him at, on Broadway when he was doing um, Julius Caesar. Mm. And so, uh, backstage, yeah. and I reached out to shake his hand. And I'm gonna tell you something: like butter, his hands were so soft. <laughs> you fell for <laughs> it too. Were, so soft. were they soft? And, I, I and were they moist and soft, like Bill Clinton, or just soft? No, no, not moist and soft. No, they were not moist. They were just no, soft. Like, don't add moist. Like, like they made you no voice is terrible. He made me lose my voice. What? Oh, so so what, <laughs> was it a little bit electric because he's Denzel Washington, you know, in a in a way of just meeting someone who, uh, you know, is just really charismatic sex symbol. I mean, he is. I mean, he's Denzel Washington, right? Yeah. So did he get you a little weak need yeah. in a way? Well, my we no, my knees did not get weak. I actually just lost my voice, and all I could focus on was his hands. They were so fucking soft. I said, "What is this? Maybe did he's not a real him? person or something." No, I couldn't say. No, I was. I I'll couldn't even speak. I lost my voice. <laughs> I'll ask. <laughs> I'll d. I'll DM him on Instagram. I'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> oh. But I, I did write a poem. I did write him a poem. And uh, I don't remember. I have to find it, but I did write a poem. And I was doing the radio show in New York at the time, and I I read it to him over the air. And I don't. <laughs> was it okay? What what was it about? How, I mean, Denzel. I I I. What what would what would be the subject about a poem about Denzel? Just it's about his hands, Dana. He she how she got into hands, it. How soft, soft they hands were. for and a strong man. And he was doing man. he was he was doing um he was doing Julius Caesar on Broadway. Et tu, Brute? <laughs> Et tu, Brute? Yeah. Ixnay on the... Hmm. Ixnay Ixnay on the hands as soft as a baby Brute. Dennis Miller was playing Prospero in The Tempest at the Herald. You know, I don't even know <laughs> what those words my, are. My, trying to get my... Uh, Inner, you know, Mickey, Mickey Rooney going way back, 1930s actor. I remember uh, they told him, Mickey, you can't change your lines. The camera doesn't know where you are, you know. He goes, the only writers whose lines you can't change are Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just love when I go, Bill, Bill Shakespeare. It's like I like Mickey Rooney. Mickey Rooney, um, I liked him when he was in some movie with Judy Garland. But I like when I used to love those kind of movies in the afternoon mm. uh, on the TV because that's all they would show. And 
around Christmas time, he was always playing a rich guy and he was two feet tall. And <laughs> I guess he played a child for a long time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then he was a man child. They always were. It was like Judy Garland and the, the, they were like playing like sophomores in high school. And at one point they go, I know we could put on a show. And then they would all start singing <laughs> and dancing and they would sing like the wind and dance and Mickey could do it all. Believe me. So Ellen, who were you? I got uh, a barn. <laughs> oh, I got a barn. We could throw this thing together by 6 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you'll get Somebody the stage. Somebody get the cows out. Yeah. Why, Uncle Willie's uh, electrical stores? We could get a microphone. And I'll you, put all the cows to sleep. I'll make Wait, a hat you out of hay. Kill them. Yeah. You don't have to kill them. Just walk them out back. Also, also some moccasins. <laughs> yeah, those were those oh. were those great. You know, they made like ten of those, at least. Do but, we have a costumer on the ranch? We do. <laughs> Betty. Betty, can you make a hundred costumes by night? Of course. Got the train, train coming, and uh, town, town, town. Got a woo, woo. <laughs> Got the train coming in. Gonna laugh, laugh, laugh in the town. <laughs> All right, sorry. Train coming in in the town, town, town. It's a huge hit. That oh yeah. Let's ask everyone about Belafonte. the 40th. We we got cut off. Did you like going to the 40th? Did you have fun there? And what sketch were you in? I did a sketch with um, Jerry Seinfeld. Whoa. Um, and I was up in the in the audience um, on the side with all the kids that I guess are not the celebrities. Okay, <laughs> that's he got in the building though. That's good. Victoria Jackson was on the sixth floor. <laughs> I can't they even see. Me. I don't even know where I am. <laughs> Go ahead. They let Beth Cahill drive by and beep, but they <laughs> they they told they told me uh, absolutely no plus ones. They said no. There's mm -hmm. absolutely. Because you're going to be in the audience and whatever, whatever. And I apologize. I brought my daughter with me. I oh, did. You I, did. I they let you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, they let me bring her in. Because she, she didn't sit in the audience with me. Special. But they let her bring in the building. Uh, uh, maybe she was, she was in the spillover room. Yeah, she was. I think she was. <laughs> so what happened? Did you ask a question to Seinfeld or something? Was there a Q&A? Yeah. I asked Jerry Seinfeld a question. How come there's no black women on his show? Oh, my God. Yeah. What was his answer? And, um. Uh, he said, I'm sorry I didn't um, save the world or something like that. Oh. And then I had a follow-up question. I don't remember what it was. But the fun, the thing that I like, the trivia part about that was that Mulaney wrote that sketch. John Mulaney. Oh. So I felt real special. I feel connected to, to pop culture. Do you feel like you might be the godmother to his baby in a way? I hope at least the baby could call me auntie. Yeah. The sad thing is that I follow all of that crap on the Instagram. Oh, me too. And it's the sad. I do too. It's There's tragic. rumors that Pete Davidson is the actual father. I don't believe any of this nonsense. <laughs> I don't buy any of this tabloid no. stuff. Wasn't that baby looks just like Mulaney. I'm sorry. He was putting it in a crock pot or something a day later. Did you see that picture? I'm like, what's happening? <laughs> no. Yeah, he's like putting you it in a pot. You can really like, work a baby now. The baby. You're doing baby bits? But he said he's paying the baby $245 a week for all the, the baby Instagram. The baby gets $250. Oh uh, it's the perfect for back, a baby. They get Gerber food, more diapers, maybe a little teddy. It's a, it's a perfect fee for all humans. <laughs> I like the tone of this show. This is very good. Ellen, did you know that Jerry Seinfeld has a new comedy album coming out called Paper clips. Why? 
He's <laughs> such an idiot. I, you almost had me. You almost had by me. By the way, it should be. Paperclip's wife, because he would do 20 minutes on a paperclip. What the sta- when the stapler came out, the paperclip's like, oh, no, we're over. We're so over. I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Good night. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> um, then he comes back and he goes, I forgot to talk about Pop-Tarts. Uh, he has a Pop-Tart movie. Jerry... You know what? He does okay. not. He, he this does. goes full My circle. Is in it. This goes full circle to our doctor. Uh, yes. So Jerry Seinfeld, over a period of years, and he was in the New York Times, he was trying to complete a bit about Pop-Tarts, and he couldn't get it to work. And he spent years on it, because you know how Jerry Cracking is. Cracking the code. Pop-Tarts, because he'd, he'd say all this stuff. We saw a Pop-Tart, we're 10 years old, and I, our heads exploded, whatever. But when I meet, when I run into Jerry, I want to tell him, Jerry, there was one fatal flaw from my point of view and we had two day old baked goods five kids dad was a high school teacher no one really liked pop tarts that much compared to hostess berry pies or or twinkies or snowballs or regular cupcakes comment professor wow let me tell you those hosted berry pies with a jam are you talking about the cherry apple yes. pie, like whatever? Yeah, they, 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 they were cherry. magic. They were yes. magic. Oh, those are unreal. And the the pop tarts oh. were okay, but they were a little sweet and narrow. You put them in the toaster, they were fine, but they weren't. Jerry Jerry's bit treated them like they were the greatest. Dana, do you want to hear some bullshit now that you brought it up? And I would never have brought this up. Okay, I would break off the crust on the edges before it got to the frosting, and I said, "Fuck it." I just wanted the parts that had frosting on them. Because pop tarts were, were not all the way to the pop tarts. I can't believe this. I know, and I, I, I was going to save this. I'm checking Daily Mail right now. <laughs> Is this already going viral? In the viral? UK version, you're both trending. <laughs> wow. Hashtag. Spade, because the crust, Spade destroys pop tart. I didn't even know what carbs were. I just knew that I didn't really like that edge until I got to the frosting, so just break it off. I was a fucking rebel. Yeah, I'm with, but was it cherry or apple? What was your favorite? I like the, on the pies. The pies, the host. On the pies at 7-Eleven, I liked, oh, cherry or apple, that's a tough one. I would black out quickly after because all the sugar, but I also liked so um, ding-dongs. Ding-dongs sounds like ding-dongs a comedy punchline. I like Twinkies, yeah. Ding-dongs is a what funny What happened word. to you, ding-dong? You know what I mean? It just sounds funny. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I thought you were really asking me because something did happen to my ding-dong recently. Ding-dong. <laughs> 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 Ellen, you're like, why did I? Why what did happened? I get on the Wi-Fi? Oh. All right, we'll edit this, and now we're we're back with Ellen Claghorn on Fly on the Wall. We just took a we short have time break. for a couple more quick we questions. We were not cutting um, inappropriate material. What else did we not ask her, uh, Dana? We asked her. Why is she see. so awesome? Was my first question. Yeah. Why is she so smart? But can I can I can I talk to you about this, uh, David Spade? Yeah. Now. Did you know, does everybody know that you used to ride the skateboard and you were riding the skateboard in that movie? Uh, the, the Police, oh, Police Academy? Academy? Yes. Before SNL. So I'm like, oh, he really had it going on. I was, you knew all about the red carpet and da 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 before. No, before you know, Ellen, the true story is that I was, I got out to LA and I'm from Arizona and I did skateboard. And the only reason I got that audition, I couldn't really act, but this is, just the luck of the draw. They saw me at the improv. I didn't look like everyone else. They said long blonde hair and I was 20 and they said, oh, uh, you know what? We need a kid to play a skateboarder, but we didn't think of it. But this kid could probably pull off, you know, high school. So I go in and they go, did you get the script? I go, no. 
and they said, shoot, we have one here. And they didn't have one. And they go, shit, um, oh, we don't need to waste your time. It's just about a skateboarder. Uh, maybe you could just improv a few lines. And this is so lucky, Ellen, because I didn't know how to read a script. I didn't know how to hold sides. I didn't know. I, w- I would have shown how green I was and how new. So I just uh, said, yeah, uh, oh, I'm a skateboarder. You got an attitude and the cops are coming up. I'm like, hey, guys, I just start making up shit, you know, and saying skateboard terms. And they were like, mm-hmm. oh, that's exactly what we need. Okay, great. You know what? Let's get this guy. And if they would have let me act, it would not have worked because they would have seen. So just improving and bullshitting was what I was better at than actually reading a script. And so I got out there. I got 25 grand, which is great. 10 weeks. Wow. 25 grand? It would have yeah, taken. So I got 2,500. <laughs> it would take Ellen three years to get that much based Fucking on her. 200 years <laughs> to get how that. I can't even do the math. I know. She can't even comprehend these. She goes, you mean $25? I go, nope, 25. So it's, I go up. It's your first job, 2500 grand for riding a skateboard? Well, what the fuck? Dana, and I get to ride with Tony Hawk and all these guys, Mike McGill. So I do, uh, I go 10 weeks in Toronto and I get a per diem. This is why people get hooked on acting. So I do it. I come back with Ellen. I cleared 10 from all, you know, all the bullshit of, Mm-hmm. I, I I woke up like Canadian tax and then you know whatever. So I pay everything. I give my mom three for bills. I do one in bills, but I needed a car. Six thousand left after ten weeks. I go up and I buy a Honda Accord. I drive it to the improv and it got stolen that night. So <gasps> so I was back to zero, no insurance, and I just did ten weeks on the road and I came back. I have wow. nothing to show for it. And the next night, and Jay Leno it. showed up at the improv in a Honda Accord. <laughs> I never understood that. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, it was just punked. You know, I used to drive the motorcycle, but you know, hey, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. You know, it's got three cylinders, but it was fine. You know. <laughs> no, that's a bummer. The improv, not the not the comedy store. The improv. No, the improv was sketchy. Yeah, it was over on Kilkia. Oh. Uh, this is the street right next to the improv. I came out to show Tim Rose, this comic. I go, check out this sweet pimp sled I just bought. Very sensible pimp sled. And uh, it was gone. And I go, maybe it's this other street. I start, I go, and he started going, uh-oh. I go, there's no fucking way. No way. I think they followed me with a key to the car, honestly. The people that sold it to me and just took it. That's, a, that's an empty feeling. Anyway, I was just saying that to say. That is a great story. It sounded great. And then. Another, and then I started auditioning and I wasn't any good. So I was just like bombing. And then I had two years of just scraping and then uh, got, you know, then it started to pick up a little more. But by the time I got to SNL, I'd already been like humbled. I'm like, shit, this is, this has got to work because I got like nothing clicking. No other movies in that gap of like four years. Just. And then you hit big with all those movies with uh, Chris. Tommy Boy. Uh, yeah. So I got lucky with that too. So, and that was direct result of like the show and bonnie and terry wrote that first one and then fred wolf took over but uh bonnie and terry worked on that first draft of tommy boy and then we did black sheep and then uh i wish i, I was really jealous of those uh chris farley shows because he got to have a big host like mccartney and he got to talk to him and go remember when you were in the beatles <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, Chris has some just, very think, memorable Did Downey yeah. write that one based on Like just how he was at the office It that's sounded how he would so like car. Chris You know So yeah. real yeah And it was just hysterical My dad works in B2B marketing But I never really knew what that meant 
Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash wall to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash wall. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What did I want to get off my chest recently? Well, it's probably something you got to get off your chest because we all carry around different stressors, big and small. We just keep things bottled up and then it starts to affect us negatively, David. Negatively. Yeah, it was something about when I was merging and the people weren't waving back to me. It bothered me. But, you know, that th- mm-hmm. that's a small stress, but it can be bottled up and yep. get bigger. Therapy mm-hmm. is a safe space to get things off your chest uh, and how to yeah. figure out, you know, you got to work through whatever's weighing you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, and I I was in therapy. I'm there here and there now, but for five years. And, you know, it does challenge your thoughts because I'm going to, this is kind of, I don't know if this is profound, but you are your thoughts in some ways. Mm-hmm. So if you're thinking redundant negative things or sad things or whatever, a therapist can kind of get you out of that kind of negative pattern. So mm-hmm. be the best mm-hmm. version of yourself. Um, you know, and sometimes it can be small things. It can be major trauma. I think either way, mm-hmm. it's good to talk to someone. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just mm-hmm. fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist. Switch therapist if uh, you're not into it yeah. anytime, yeah. no additional charge. Mm-hmm. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash F-O-T-W today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash F-O-T-W. I don't know, Dana, anything else? What do you got? Anything you want to tell her? Um, just, your hopes, just, your dreams. Uh, just want to hang out with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Alan was A lot fun. of times Alan's- that happens on this show because we're getting to see uh, people that we worked with and adore and had fun with, and then we don't see them all these years. And so this is really fun. It's just, a good hangout. Yeah. But I want you to come. I want both of you to come to my class at the new school and like zoom in and teach the kids, talk to the kids. They would love it. Kids, what you don't understand is the highest <laughs> peak of money is 245. And this is your highest goal. I'm going to have a pipe and an ascot and be in front of a fireplace. What you have to understand about comedy is that it's not really comedy. It's tragedy. Oh. It's tragedy posing as comedy. And the thing about, no, I would love to come like, on and talk to the kids. You mean on Zoom? I can do that from where I am now in Missoula, Montana? Is that where you are in Montana? No, that's where I was born. But no, I'm in Southern California. <laughs> but yeah, yeah Dana's I, a red you do guests on Zoom and they just talk to the kids about comedy and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I I really enjoy you guys in person. And that, But what I really like the most is David Spade doing 
Dana Carvey doing so much. <laughs> <laughs> I had chopping broccoli, yeah. Because I used to sing that around. I go, God damn, this is funny. And it was sort of out of what I think like. And I'm like, this is so weird and goofy and just clever and smart because of its goofiness. But there's some there's method to the madness of why it's so funny. Can we get a little we chorus a of it as we fade out here? <laughs> I'm chopping broccoli. He goes low. I'm chopping broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> she chop she chop she, you get yeah to, that's, it goes into that's it. toward the end she chop yeah 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 you gotta get there you gotta work up to it yeah uh all right ellen thank you hon hey what's up flies what's up fleas what's up people that listen we want to hear from you and your dumb questions questions ask us anything anything you want you can email us at fly on the wall at cadence13.com can you guys provide perspective on how it was viewed to break character on SNL? Asking because Spade stands out in my mind where he and Christina Applegate, of course. We we laughed on the couch during Motivational Speaker. And in Lauren's voice for Dana, how was that viewed? Brian Steele. Um, it, it, it's so, it's, <laughs> if you, you're going to break, it's that other type of joke. It, it's, it's, it's like fucking Carol Burnett. I mean, it's it's really it's really not what we do. So you were not supposed to break when I got there. Yeah. And then it started to erode. And then you, David Spade, were in uh, one of Chris Farley's, his biggest moment on the show, probably. And it was hard not to break. Yeah. Go talk to that sketch. Almost anyone yeah, would have broke. That was, uh, and we'll probably have Christine Applegate on soon and we'll talk about it. Uh, but it was, and I see here over the years, we've mentioned it to each other because it's turned into such a thing. But it was uh, not planned, and uh, you're not supposed to break, and you also could get fired. Dana knows it. I know it. It was the word around town, and th- it's not Lauren telling you that. It's other people, you know, the other people around going, oh, no, Lauren does not like that. So you could get fired. And so when you do it, it's fun, but afterwards, you don't want to walk by him and have him go, okay, Tim Conway. Uh, not the guy, wasn't he on Carol <laughs> Yeah, you know, yeah. Tim, Con- Tim Conway, Harvey Corman, who were brilliant. And also, yeah. Tim Conway, when they were on their sort of air show, live taping, would just switch stuff out. And that's how he'd, he would destroy Harvey Corman. If someone improvises outside their bandwidth on Saturday Night Live, that might make someone break, you know? Yeah, and, and they did it more in the, in the future episodes and uh, got away with it. And it is fun. It's always fun to watch that stuff. It's it, it can't be used as a trick. If the sketch isn't doing well, you can't Right, it can't be a crutch. But if it's organic, I think it is entertaining. Yeah, and, uh, and thank you, uh, Brian, for listening, and thank you for Where's the question. Where's Brian from? Uh, probably Bulgaria. I don't know what okay. it doesn't say. <laughs> That's just a guess. Fly on the Wall has been a presentation of Cadence 13. Please listen, then rate, review, and follow all episodes. Executive produced by Dana Carvey and David Spade, Chris Corcoran of Cadence 13, and Charlie Finan of Brillstein Entertainment. Production and engineering led by Greg Holtzman, 